So welcome to Scanner School session number 50. This is Ask Scanner School volume three, where I answer your questions. Welcome to the Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. So welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. This is session 50. Almost a full year of doing Scanner School. Thank you all so much for your support and for being there. So again, this is volume three of Ask Scanner School. Will I answer your questions? Because over the last year, yeah, the last 12 months, I have been receiving plenty of emails. And unfortunately, time just doesn't allow me to answer everybody in a timely fashion. I do try and answer all, as many emails as I can, but it's not always possible. So what I've been doing is answering as many as I can in a podcast session. So this is um, my attempt at answering a lot of the emails that come in. Now, again, it's a good benefit because it allows everybody to hear um, the questions that are being asked, and it allows me to answer them and maybe help some other people out as well. So what do you guys think of this? Do you, do you guys like this? Is this something you want to hear more of? Because I have plenty more emails to go through and answer. So let me know. Go in the Facebook group and let me know if you're enjoying the um the Ask Scanner School format. So our, our Facebook group is is a great community with a lot of other Scanner School listeners and uh, and students, I guess, part of our classroom experience here, if you want to stick on that theme. And you can join our group, our free group, by going to scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. And um, that's, a, that's a great way to join in the conversation with the rest of the Scanner School community. Let me know what you think about the Ask Scanner School um, format. So before we start really diving into some of the questions, I remind everybody that today's session is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. East Coast Pagers is a Unication Swiss phone and Apollo dealer serving the United States market. So from the Unication G series to the Swiss phone S Quad Voice and new S Quad Voice 360, we've got you and your department covered. We do individual sales, we do department sales, and uh, we accept POs. So if you're looking to make a bulk purchase for your department, come check us out at eastcoastpagers.com. Again, East Coast Pagers is my company. So um, it's kind of what keeps Scanner School going. So if you're listening to this live, it's December 4th, 2018, I believe is the release date of this podcast, and there's a current promotion going on right now with Unication, where you get $50 off Unication G1 and $100 off of a Unication G5, which makes it the price of the G4, but I can do better than that, so contact me at eastcoastpagers.com for your custom quote, and we'll beat the current Unication promotions. Again, eastcoastpagers.com. So I want to thank our current Patreon supporters, James Felling, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, M.T. Bono, Mark Beebe, and William Arcand. You guys are awesome. You all rock. And I want to thank you all for supporting the Scanner School podcast month over month. And as part of the benefit of being a Patreon supporter at the $5 level, everybody gets the Scanner School podcast earlier than our normal Tuesday published date. So again, you can join Patreon on a month-to-month basis at any price point, but for $5 a month, you get the podcast a little earlier than everybody else. So again, if you want to be a Patreon supporter, you can do so by going to scannerschool.com support.
All right. So again, we have a couple of questions that we'll be going through today. And again, if you have a question for the podcast, please go to scannerschool.com slash ask where you can email me your questions. But I prefer to get them via traditional voicemail or speak pipe. And this is great because it's your voice and um, it's a great way for you to interact with the podcast and with me directly. Also, it's a great way to cut the line because I have a lot of emails left in the queue to answer. But if you go on SpeakPipe or you dial us at our uh, local United States number, you'll cut the line and I'll answer you on the very next Ask Scanner School uh, podcast, which now at this point is coming out the first week of every month. So again, you go to ScannerSchool.com slash ask. On the right-hand side, there'll be a link to our SpeakPipe as well as our local voicemail number. And again, if you are a little shy, you can always submit your question via email or using the contact form at Ask Scanner School. All right, guys. So we have a pile of questions. And without any further delay, let's jump right into them. Colleen, please take it away. Our first few questions come from Scott Suva. Scott writes, Hi, Phil. Thanks for the work of putting the scanner school online. I'm a licensed ham, KG2S, and have been active in the hobby since 1978. I am active from 160 to 6 meters, often chasing DX via SSB, CW, and FT8. As a result of my ham radio background, I also dabble with scanners. I too grew up with my dad buying crystals for old scanners and eventually moving to Bearcat and Radio Shack programmable radios. I lived with a Pro 2006 for years until the introduction of trunked radio in my area. I now have a unit in BCD 536 and feed it with a disc cone mounted outside on a mast via LMR 400 coax cable. Scott's first question is, can you provide a detailed explanation of P25, Phase 1, and Phase 2 systems? What is the difference between P25 and Motorola systems? Hey, Scott. Thank you so much for emailing us over here at Scanner School and uh, submitting your questions. I know we have a couple of them in the pile for you today. And uh, let me just start by saying it sounds like you have a really great setup over there. I'm pretty jealous you go from down from 160 all the way to 10 meters. Hopefully, uh, you're enjoying being down on the uh, the basement band and have making, been making a lot of contacts on there as well. Sounds like, too, you have a really decent scanner set up with your 536, your disc cone, and your LMR 400. All set up scanner antenna coax that I recommend. So uh, I know being part of the ham, um, ham community, understand the importance of LMR 400, and as well as the way that the this cone antenna operates. Now to answer your first set of questions that you've uh, written us about regarding P25 uh, phase one, phase two, I don't know if you had a chance to listen, but back on scanner school session number 14, I talked about an introduction to what P25 was. And on session 15, uh, we talked about phase one, phase two, and X2 TDMA. So again, you can go back and listen to those at scannerschool.com slash session 14 and scannerschool.com slash session 15. But the difference really between phase one and phase two is that phase two adds TDMA or time division multiple access onto the voice channel. So what ends up happening is you've divided the conversation in half based on time. Another way of saying this is that 
the conversation flip-flops. So you're allowed to put, you could put two transmissions, I'm sorry, you could put two conversations on the same frequency. And the radios and the transmitter both alternate between radio A, uh, transmission A and transmission B at the exact same time. So really what we're saying is you'll have user one, user two, they'll be transmitting and it'll be alternating back and forth. It happens so fast that, you know, we as human beings can't differentiate that there's something going on, that we're not hearing a full thing or that there's there's an offset happening. But as far as the frequency is concerned, as far as all the electronic components, the, the backbone, the trunk system, everything that's involved here, uh, and the radios, again, are in sync with everything on timing, that it's, to us, it sounds seamless, but really what's happening is user one, user two, user one, user two, user one, user two. That's how TDMA is working in this environment. When it comes to phase one, it's more of an FDMA, or frequency division multiple access, which basically means, think analog, right? even though it's digital, but just think analog, one user on a frequency per time. So when it comes to conventional or it comes to trunking, really what it means is when a user keys up, they have full access to that voice channel. They're not sharing it. It's not being split in half on time. It's only their resource for the amount of time that they're keying up with. So really that's one of the main differences between phase one and phase two. Now to answer your other question about P25 here, the difference between P25 and like Motorola Type 1 and Type 2 is that P25 is a pure digital system. The voice channels are all digital. The uh, the data rate on it is 9600 baud, whereas with a Motorola Type 2 system, the control channel baud rate is 3600 baud. Also, there's analog on a Type 1 system. There's no analog whatsoever on P25. Um, and there is digital on a type two system. They consider, you know, you, you can listen to it with a P25 radio, but it's a hybrid system. It's actually a digital talk group using P25 modulation, but it's still using the old APCO 16 specification. So the APCO 16 being what they use on the, um, the type one type, I'm sorry, the type two Motorola systems. Whereas APCO 25 or Project 25 is what's on a P25 Phase 1, Phase 2 system. So hopefully that kind of really answers your questions on the differences between Phase 1, Phase 2, and also P25 and uh, the old Motorola Type 2 systems. Uh, again, if you want to listen to more about the explanation on that one, you can go ahead and listen to ScannerSchool.com slash Session 14 and ScannerSchool.com slash Session 15. Scott's next question is, can you describe common problems and potential solutions when receiving P25 systems? Okay, so some common problems you may come across when listening to P25, especially when it comes to P25 Phase 2, is simulcast. Now, again, we talked about simulcast in session number. I'm just looking through my notes here right now. Simulcast was on session 18 of Scanner School. So, again, scannerschool.com slash session 18. And that's a very, very common problem. Basically what happens with simulcast is that you're getting the exact same information, the exact same transmission, as the name implies on the tin, right? It's a simulcast. It's multiple transmitter sites simulcasting the same transmission. And what ends up happening with that is it could be received from your scanner from multiple transmitter sites 
but it might be out of sync. So what's happening is it's coming in a little bit delayed on, on your scanner. So transmitter A and transmitter B are slightly out of sync. They're slightly delayed. And it causes a problem with your scanner because your scanner really can't put the information back together again because you're talking about zeros and ones that are in a plane. Uh, again, we talked about that a lot more detail on this on the simulcast session of Scanner School. Uh, think a bit like on the old analog TV days when you had ghosting on your video channel. You would you would see the exact you know image shifted just a little bit. It's kind of like what the scanner is fighting when it has a simulcast situation. Now again, it's really a problem when it comes to phase two because remember we're talking about time division multiple access. We're talking about Timing is crucial. It has to be a certain sync rate. If the scanner can't grab that sync rate, that sync bit, it's going to have a hard time putting the signal back together again, and you'll be able to demodulate the P25 voice channel. Uh, so that's why sometimes you may be looking at the scanner and you have really good decode on the control channel, but also when the voice channel comes in, all of a sudden you see a bunch of bit errors coming up. So one of the things you can do to kind of... Uh, combat that problem is maybe don't use your external antenna because you may be picking up more than one transmitter site. Try going to an indoor-only antenna. Um, maybe you can put an attenuator on the on the scanner. If you have the ability to maybe put a Yagi up and point it at a transmitter site that may be a little bit further away from you, but it nulls out your closer uh, transmit sites because it puts it in the side lobe or puts it to the back of the antenna. Those are kind of tricks that you can do to eliminate the simulcast issue when it comes to P25. Also, what you want to look out for, too, is you need to have a really good signal, too, to receive P25 because we're talking now about zeros and ones and uh, it's purely digital, and we all know from like cable TV or maybe even digital TV signal that it's an all-or-nothing type of situation. Digital works great. It goes a lot further with a lot less signal, but once you break that barrier where the signal can't be put back together again, it's a total loss. So when we listen to analog, right, we can listen to the static, we can hear what's going on, but once that static it gets too great, the noise is, is too much noise. You can't put that digital signal back together again, and it falls off like a cliff. So if you're talking about a situation like a phase one or um, maybe you're just further away, you really do need a good, solid decode in order to get uh, anything on P25. Scott's next question is, please provide recommendations for pre-amplifiers and directional antennas. All right, so we talked about antennas on session 28 of scanner school and also preamplifiers on 29. So it's really one of those your money is going to vary here and also uh, what exactly it is you're looking to receive. So when it comes to directional antennas, you have really two choices when it comes to scanning. You have a Yagi or a log periodical. The Yagi is going to be frequency specific. So depending on what the exact frequency is that you're looking for, that's really the type of Yagi you're going to want to get. So you you know, if you're looking for a UHF, you're going to want something in the UHF band. Um, depending on the Yagi 2, the more elements you have, the more gain you're going to get, but also the narrow the bandwidth would be or the usable frequency range would be of that antenna. The same kind of holds true, though, when it comes to your preamplifiers, right? Sometimes you have a broadband preamplifier. Sometimes you have a very narrow preamplifier. I never really had much luck when it came to preamplifiers. I, um, uh, I always found there was either an issue with overdriving the front end of the scanner, or uh, sometimes I had to pad it down. But I'm also in an area, too, where 
you know, I do have a lot of RF environment here on Long Island. So a preamplifier is one of these things I'm, I'm not sold on yet where I am. But if you're in a rural area and you are pretty far from active transmitters, a preamplifier may be something you may want to look at. But again, I always recommend going with a higher gain antenna, better coax, and a active multi-coupler instead of going with a preamplifier if you can do that. But again, if you want a preamplifier, there are plenty that are available over at ScannerMaster. And if you're looking for an affiliate code to help out Scanner School, you can go to uh, scannerschool.com slash ScannerMaster. And they have plenty of preamplifiers there that may suit your needs. Scott's next question is, can you discuss potential SDR solutions and the associated software such as DSD Plus, SDR Trunk, and others? Uh, great question on the SDRs. I really want to put a session dedicated to just SDRs, or software-defined radios. I think this is a great, great part of the hobby, and I want to spend more time talking about it come 2019. So if anybody has any suggestions about guests that are very knowledgeable about a specific section of SDR, I would love to have them on as a guest on the podcast to really talk about what it is they do with an SDR, because this is like the next chapter when it comes to scanning. There's a lot of exciting things going on with SDR. And I know personally, I am just really touching the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what you can do here. So for anybody else know, an SDR is a software-defined radio. It's what it stands for. And um, there's a lot of flavors out there as what you can do. I started with them a couple years ago. I have a, um, a mini, uh, mini something or other, Air, Air Spy Mini, I think is what it's called. Uh, I also have a couple of these cheaper plastic dongles that came out that really, um, they, were, they really had issues as far as staying on, on frequency. They used to get you know, they used to drift. They had MCX connectors on instead of SMAs. Really weren't to totally user-friendly. You couldn't really stack them into a, a USB hub unless you had ones that were set up you know, the way so they would go, um, go vertically instead of horizontally. So uh, they've come a little bit of a long way. So right now, I'm a big fan of the new ELEC SDR dongles. I actually bought a package deal from Amazon. It came with three antennas, a mag mount base, and the SDR for about 30 bucks. And what I'll do is I'll put a link to the new elect SDR in the session notes for this podcast uh, at scannerschool.com slash session 50. And uh, it's session 5-0. Can't believe we're up to 50 already. And um, it's it's a great SDR. It's got a TCXO in there or TXCO. Anyway, it's TXCO. So it's solid as a rock. It's right on frequency. There's no frequency drift. There's no adjustment or correction uh, in the parts per million to adjust the frequency to make sure you're dead on. They do get warm, but they have an aluminum enclosure, and they're very narrow, so you can put them in vertically or horizontally, depending on how your computer is set up. There's an SMA connector on it, so you can screw on standard antennas. I know what I did is uh, I went out and I bought a Y splitter. I know I am uh, a bit of, um, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of Y splitters when it comes to certain things, but for this, just to get the job done, I, I got an SMA Y splitter to share an antenna. And I, I put the whole package together with two SDR dongles, the antennas, the splitters, for less than 75 bucks. And by doing so, I was able to use free software like SDR Sharp. You'll need SDR Sharp to set up the uh, the drivers. But Nuelec, when you buy it from Amazon, they give you a little uh, card that comes in a package and it has all the instructions on it. Or, or you can scan the QR code and it will walk you through exactly how to install SDR Sharp. 
how to put the drivers on your computer, and how to get going with the setup. So again, once you load SDR Sharp, basically you've got the uh, you, you you enable the S, uh, the USB card, and it's tuned in. You're listening. You can put it onto an FM radio station, your local Noel radio. You can you can tune into whatever it is on the dial. Get a nice beautiful waterfall. And there are some things you could play around this, make some plugins for SDR. But um, what I do is I jump right into DSD Plus. I run two instances of SDSD Plus with FSM, and I'm able to monitor the local uh, DMR traffic. Uh, you can also use Unitrunker, uh, Unitrunker version two, which really isn't is in a public release. It's more of a private release, but you can get on their Google group just do a search for Unitrunker, and um, you can use that to monitor trunk radio systems. So you really have $75. You have a, a, a trunk radio decoder that actually watches all the over-the-air traffic, and it will do P25. You can then feed it to DSD Plus and do DMR. So actually, um, Unitrunker doesn't do DMR, but you can do P25 from it. It's, it's really great. I said this is really where the future is going. There's people out there that have like a dozen uh, USB dongles hooked up to their computer, and they're monitoring a whole pile of stuff. The sky's the limit. When it comes to SDR, like I said, I'm looking for a lot of guests to come on in 2019. So if you have an in with somebody who uses SDR, please let them contact me or, or put them in, in sync with me so that we can get them on as a guest to show and explain what they do uh, with their SDR setup. Because this really is one of the exciting things uh, coming to scanning radio in a very long time. So um, with that, there's there's a lot of stuff going on with, with SDR. So again, to start off with it... Um, SDR Sharp, uh, DSD Plus, and Unitrunker are the three main packages I would go with right away. And if you really want to enhance on that too, there's plenty of plugins with SDR Sharp that you can go with. Scott's last question is, can you provide a quick review of commodity scanners such as Uniden, Unication, Whistler, and others? Hey, Scott, great set of questions. Thank you so much for uh, for emailing in and submitting your questions for Scanner School. I greatly appreciate it, and hopefully I did a good job at answering the questions you had for me. So to answer your final one, there's really only a couple of players that are, are left in the Scanner radio game. First one being Uniden. Now, Uniden has been around, uh, I mean, long time. <laughs> you know, I remember growing up as having Uniden. I mean, obviously there was Electra Bearcat, and Bearcat, I think, became part of the Uniden brand, and finally Uniden. Um, I mean, I'm not 100% sure on that whole story. I mean, a lot of it's before my time, to be honest with you. But uh, Uniden really is the uh, the bigger player, at least here in the United States market. Now, again, there's other manufacturers out there that make receivers that, you know, as amateur operators, we're kind of familiar with. AOR, Yesu, ICOM, Kenwood. I mean, you can buy receivers for the uh, shortwave bands from, from all of those major players. Um, also at, at Grundig and, and whatnot when it comes to shortwave. But when it comes to scanning, really it's Uniden and it's Whistler. Right? Those are the two players when it comes to, to scanner radios. And again, Uniden being uh, the, um, you know, the, the longest one running so far at this point in time. And really, it's you, you got two camps, right? You got Ford Chevy. The same deal when it comes to to scanning. You got your Uniden camp or you got your Whistler camp. So Whistler is pretty much the new brand on the block within the last few years. Whistler basically bought out the rights 
to manufacture and take ownership of all the property from GRE. GRE was forced to close shop and um, don't really want to go into all that back end right now. But let's just say that GRE was forced to close and Whistler bought the assets. And Whistler continued to make basically the GRE product, put it in a new case, put some new silk screening on it, put some new lettering next to it, and maybe on a couple of... Um, of items updated the items and also released scanners that weren't yet ready for release when GRE was was forced to shut down. Now GRE was making radios for Radio Shack when Radio Shack was still in existence. When GRE closed down, then Whistler also made scanners for Radio Shack. What some people don't realize too is that at some point, you know, Uniden was also making scanners for Radio Shack. So sometimes when you have the Radio Shack branding on it, it wasn't made by Radio Shack. It was either made by GRE, Whistler, or Uniden. Now, again, there's a couple of radios out there that were built by Uniden, but had the GRE uh, type of firmware on side of, uh, inside of it. So it performed more like a uh, traditional Radio Shack scanner. There's a couple of those out there as well. So um, you know, that's why when you look at the Radio Shack, it looks almost identical to a GRE or to a Whistler product. So when it comes to scanning, those are really the two manufacturers that are current right now as of 2018, Whistler and Uniden. Now, again, which one do I lean towards? Um, I do have more Uniden scanners than I have Whistler products, but that's not to say that I also don't have my Radio Shack scanners or my GRE scanners or anything like that as well. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm still leaning more towards Uniden when it comes to the product. But I do also understand, uh, you know, Whistler has a better idea when it comes to programming certain things and how they operate as well. You also asked about Unication. Now, Unication isn't a scanner company. Unication is a pager company. A lot of people use the Unication G5, though, as a, I say as a scanner, but it's also like using your Motorola as a scanner. It can be done. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not going to operate the same way as a scanner would. You're not going to have the flexibility in a Unication device as you would have on a Uniden device. You're not going to be able to, on the fly, uh, lock something out uh, hold on something or change a scan list or, or toggle. Everything's got to be pre-programmed in the pager, the Unication pager, the way you want it to work. Also, at the time of this recording, we have the Unication G1, the G4, or the G5. The G1 comes in several flavors, but it only has 64 memory channels in it, 8 zones, uh, 8 positions on the function knob, and only 8 channels in a scan list. The G4 only does 700-800 megahertz, but it does P25 phase one, phase two, 32 zones. Again, eight positions on the on the uh, function knob. It'll do 800, 700 conventional, 800, 700 trunking, 16 channels per scan list, or 64 talk groups per scan group. The G5 adds either VHF or UHF with the 700, 800. Again, P25 phase one, phase two, 64 talk groups on a scan list, 16 conventional on a scan list. The thing is, though, you won't be able to do VHF and UHF. There's also no low band, and you can't do conventional with trunking on the same scan list. So the Unication device is great. It works awesome in simulcast. 
right now if anybody's interested. They are $100 off until December 21st, 2018. If you want to place an order, please contact me at eastcoastpagers.com. I'll work with you on a great price that I can't mention on the podcast. But they are $100 off, so the G5 is now the same price as the G4. So with that said, um, really, I would if you're looking for something that's a hardcore scanner, look at the Whistler or the Uniden product. Scott, thank you so much for all your questions. I hope I did a good job at answering them for you. And again, write back to us at any time if you have any follow-up questions. It was uh, it was great being able to answer those for you. Colleen, let's go on to our next uh, set of questions, please. Our next question comes from Garrett Farwell. Garrett writes, Hi, Phil. I'm interested in learning more about antennas, specifically how to choose the proper one and how to translate technical specifications into meaningful information. Thanks, Garrett. Hey, Garrett. Thanks for writing us at Scanner School and using the contact form to ask us a question. Um, so antennas, again, we did talk about antennas on a previous podcast at scannerschool.com slash uh, session 28. So to answer, though, your question, basically, there's there's a couple of antennas that you would look at, and everything depends on your situation, right? You have mobile, you have the top of the antennas or top of the radio or the, or the back of your radio, uh, and you have your base antenna. They all pretty much have the same type of um, same type of numbers or, or the way they work, with the exception of the external antennas. The external antenna you're looking at either an omnidirectional, which means it receives 360 all the way around in a radius, uh, or you're looking at directional, right? Where basically it's like a TV antenna. You, you point the antenna, and it does really good pointed uh, receiving in a particular direction that you set it up in. Something else you want to look at, too, when it comes to your scanner antennas or just antennas in general is the polarization of the antenna. Is it horizontally polarized or is it vertically polarized? A vertically polarized antenna is most, is most what we use when it comes to scanning and receiving on the VHF, UHF bands. Basically, a vertical antenna is one that goes straight up and down. If you were to lay your scanner radio on its side, then that's a horizontally polarized antenna. So we use horizontally polarized antennas more on shortwave HF and also on the uh, the TV part of the spectrum. Uh, what else do we want to look at when it comes to uh, antennas? So you want to look at the gain on the antenna. The gain is measured in dB or decibels. And what you want to look at is if you were to think about um, your rubber duck antenna that comes out of the out of the box, or maybe even just a standard discone antenna, you would consider that to be no gain or zero dB. When you have antennas with gain, you look at three dB, six dB, nine dB, twelve dB, those kinds of numbers. The more decibel gain that you have, the stronger the antenna is. The more that the antenna has properties and physics built into the antenna, just the way it's designed, that will be improve um, or, or or I don't want to say amplify the signal, but it's got a better. It can receive better. Let's put it that way. I'm trying to keep this as non-technical as I can without just putting everybody to sleep behind the wheel if they're if they're driving or or turn that jog into a mindless walk. But um, uh, so you're looking at the gain, and that, that's one of the things that's really basically one of the stronger numbers you want to look at when it comes to uh, your antennas. Some of the other things you want to look at is the connection type at the bottom because a lot of times the connectors will will you know will be lossy or not you know typically when it comes to what's on your your 
your your portable or your set top box is or is is BNC or SMA. Uh, your antenna itself may have BNC, it may have PL259, it may have N. So you go want to look at the mating of the antenna. So if you have an outdoor antenna and you have LMR 400 and that has an N connector on it, then make sure you have an N connector on your antenna or else you're going to end up having some, you know, make a little gender adapter that goes from N to PL259 uh, to, to, to plug in the antenna. So those are some of the things that look at too, when it comes to buying an antenna. So basically, you know, look at the gain, uh, omnidirectional or directional and, and the polarization are what you want to look at. Typical scanner antenna, very popular ones are disc cone antennas. My recommendation when it comes to a disc cone is the diamond, uh, D one thirty and J. And I have an affiliate link for those. If you're interested in purchasing or at least looking at one of those, uh, go to scannerschool.com slash D one three zero N J as in Nancy Juliet. So Garrett, thank you very much for, um, submitting your question and hopefully I answered it. So our next set of questions came from our speak pipe account. If you would like to leave us a voicemail on speak pipe, that is the fastest way to get your questions answered on the podcast. So if you go to scannerschool.com slash ask, and then you click on the speak pipe icon, that will allow you to record your message using your microphone. And we definitely put those to the top of the list when it comes to answering your questions. So if you have a question for the podcast, scannerschool.com slash ask and click on that speak pipe icon. Hi, Phil. My name's Steve. And I was wondering if you could go over some of the different programming software packages available for scanners, such as Butel, ProScan, FreeScan, and I'm sure there's others. Uh, just kind of the pros and cons of each and uh, your recommendations. Thank you. Hi, Steve. Thank you so much for submitting your question via SpeakPipe. Radio programming software, there's really three that you're looking at here. There's Butel, ProScan, and FreeScan. So I've been using Butel's software Pretty much as long as I can remember. I mean, I've used some other packages in the past, such as, um, oh man, it was uh, StarSoft, I think, made a package at one point. You had Win95, Win97, I think, was another one. There was one that was done by um, StarSoft, I think, or something like that, that was like an all-in-one package that was like an equal opportunity offender. It, it programmed the scanner, but it... It was really a pain in the neck to use that piece of software. So, um, you know, it did its it did its job in a day. But right now, really, what what you have available to to use on uh, on Windows computers is uh, Butel, ProScan, and FreeScan. If you have a two way radio that you're looking to program to, there's Chirp, and we'll talk about that in a second. I don't think I've talked about Chirp yet on the podcast. So. Butel really is my favorite when it comes down to programming. I've been using this software again since uh, I've owned my 785D. I got the software going back as far as the 780. Any scanner that I have purchased that has a, uh, a Butel type of product associated with it, I have always gone out and purchased the Butel product. And I have a lot of scanners and I have a lot of of butel licenses in my um 
in my arsenal here. I have a lot of Butel software. I love the software. I mean, unfortunately, you know, until recently, every scanner required another version of Butel software. And it's about 30 bucks a pop to 60 bucks if it's the professional version of it. But I've never really found anything that worked as easy as the Butel software. I really love it, even when it comes to the Home Patrol stuff. Um, you know, it, they have software for the Home Patrol 1 and 2, as well as the 436 and 536. And I just find doing things in their software as opposed to Sentinel is, is just a lot easier. So, so you still need Sentinel when it comes to... Um, you know, updating the firmware in the scanner and doing the bulk updates uh, to the to the master database, but you can do a lot of it with Butel software. So why do I really like Butel software? First of all, the interface is very easy to use, and I'm a very big fan of keeping my own frequency spreadsheets in Excel or some other type of spreadsheet document. I mean, honestly, right now I'm kind of um, transitioning all my stuff over to Google Docs, so. But I do a lot of spreadsheets in Excel that I do a lot of copying and pasting to and out of. And, and going from Butel, so going from Excel to Butel is very, very simple for me. Um, I also like the fact that each system is saved independently of the other one. So instead of saving a, a giant profile, uh, I can save different uh, systems together. So if I have a local fire department conventional, then I have a system for local fire department trunking, and then I have my neighboring uh, department or neighboring county fire, another county fire, the county police, they're all saved as individual files. So if I wanted to um, make another profile up that only had like, you know, just my fire departments, I can just select those files, copy them to a new profile, you know, using uh, using uh, Windows Explorer or Windows File Manager, whatever it is that's called these days, and um, then just save them and import them separately, and it makes it really quick and easy to do all that. So let's take a look at ProScan. I like ProScan because I use ProScan to feed all of my scanners to the internet with audio streams. Uh, really great job at virtual display, uh, remote control of the scanners. Um, VR displays. So basically, I program with Butel. I operate, though, with ProScan. ProScan is a $50 license. You can run as many times as you want on your machine. It gives you two licenses, basically. So you can operate on a second computer. Um, again, ProScan is great for the logging, audio archiving, uh, virtual display. You can program scanners with the ProScan software as well, but I just don't like the way that it uh, it works. I, I really haven't had much luck uh, getting it the way I wanted to. I just find I always go back to Butel. All right, FreeScan. FreeScan I like basically because it's a free piece of software. And what I use FreeScan for is to migrate from different kinds of scanners. So FreeScan really only works on the DMA-style Uniden scanners that are out there. And what I do is I do a lot of my programming in um, Arc XT from Butel. But if I have another scanner I want to transfer that data over, what I normally do is, is I'll write to that scanner using Butel. Then I'll launch up FreeScan, read that scanner with FreeScan, then plug the scanner, another scanner in that's a, that's slightly different. So if I want to go from like say a uh, 325P2 to a BCT15X, I can do that very easily in FreeScan. I just read the 325P2, then I just plug in my BCT15X and I hit write 
and it will write to the BCT15X and admit all of the digital systems from going into that scanner. So it's really simple and easy. Um, probably a bad example because ArcXT will talk to both those scanners as well, but um, let's just pretend it didn't. So FreeScan does a really good job at doing that. Again, you can do copy and pasting. All these uh, software packages I talked about will allow you also to import from Radio Reference. So one I haven't really talked about yet before too is Chirp. Chirp is also a free piece of software and um, a lot of people who are now contributing to this package and it's really made for the two-way market. So it does a really good job at those Chinese radios, those Baofengs, Waksongs, you know, the Puxings, those kinds of things, Kenwood, Icoms, Yesus. So I use uh, um, Chirp now really to program most of my my uh, Icom, Yesu, and Kenwood gear instead of buying specific software for those scanners, uh, those two-way radios. So that's one I like as well. And I'll put links to all this stuff in our session notes. But if you really want to try out Butel, you can um, you can get a limited uh, free trial of the Butel software. Same with ProScan. I believe it works for about a week before it makes you buy the um, uh, the full-on version. So my affiliate link, which means if you use this link to purchase the Butel software, I will earn a small affiliate link on your purchase, which is a great way to help support Scanner School podcasts at no additional cost to you. So in order to do that, you go to scannerschool.com slash butel, that's B-U-T-E-L, or Bravo Uniform Tango Echo Lima in uh, correct phonetics, and that will take you right to the Butel website. If you go to uh, scannerschool.com slash proscan, there's no affiliate link on that one set up, so it will just take you right to their site, and you can make the purchase there. Uh, and also we got scannerschool.com slash freescan. That'll take you straight to the uh, freescan website. It's got a pretty long URL. And uh, we'll do the same for Chirp. Why not? Scannerschool.com slash Chirp will take you right over to the Chirp website as well. So those are uh, four software packages that I currently use and that I would recommend in several different capacities. Hi, Phil. This is Brent from Long Island. Uh, so I have a an SDS100 with a uh, antenna tuned for 400 megahertz band and what I'm noticing when I monitor uh, FDNY frequencies is that there is a low-pitched hum anytime there's a transmission. Uh, I was told that I would need to do a CTSS search um, to uh, activate a high-pass filter uh, above 250 hertz, and I was wondering uh, if that's A, correct, and B, how would I go about uh, eliminating that hum? I really appreciate your time. I love the podcast. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Hey, Fred. Thank you so much for uh, using SpeakPipe to submit your question, and it's always great to hear from a fellow Long Islander. So what you're really hearing is, if I understand this correctly, is you're hearing the actual PL tone that is going out with the transmission from FDNY. And there's really not much you're going to be able to do about this. Um, I, and I'm not sure if it's just you're just hearing us in FDNY or you're hearing on, on everything. The antenna you're using shouldn't make or break anything when it comes to this. Um, but I remember, you know, you, you can hear this on other frequencies. So when, if you remember when Nassau County Police Department, before they when encrypted, you used to be able to hear the, the, the tone that was being transmitted whenever they would key up because they were they used to use a PL tone of 
And even if it was a dead carrier, you would still hear that tone that went out. And uh, if you want to go back to, we did talk about PL codes and what they do on uh, session three of Scanner School, all the way back to the beginning, scannerschool.com slash session three. And um, there's really, like I said, there's not much you can be able to do about it. It just kind of goes out over the air, and it's being repeated by the uh, the transmitter you're listening to or the repeater. It's on the output. Uh, again, if you listen to other frequencies in the area, such as Wanatal Fire Department, you'll hear the PL code, uh, the PL tone going out on their um, their repeater system, and also Dix Hills. They have a really, really large footprint. Uh, you'll hear Dix Hills Fire Department as well. Very strong tone on on their transmissions as well. So, um, you know, I, unfortunately and admittedly, I'm not a huge listener of FDNY. I just, I have a lot going on here that I listen to just for Nassau and Suffolk County. And, um, you know, occasionally FDNY is just, just added background noise. So um, it's, it could be that you're just hearing the, the PL code. So there's other ways though around that you can get, you can remove it. Um, yeah, you would need a filter. Um, it would have to go on the line out or your microphone out, uh, your speaker output, you know, the headphone jack. Um, the other way you can go around too is I use software on my scanners to eliminate the PL tone if I have to, or a ground hum. So I use ProScan for that because ProScan has a really good job at uh, eliminating or, or have an audio filter built into it as well. But again, you got the new SDS 100. I mean, it's not unheard of. Maybe you have a potential problem with the reception on it. Maybe it's a bad ground or something internally, because you could get hums from bad grounds. You could get, you know, stuff like that just isn't right in the, in the scanner itself. But my initial thought on this is you're just hearing the PL code, or the PL tone rather, coming out over the uh, over the output of the repeater. And you're hearing that in the scanner. So without listening to it with a set of headphones and having a filter on that, um, I think we just got to deal with what you're listening to on that one. But if I'm mistaken, let me know. Uh, definitely follow up on SpeakPipe and uh, we'll, we'll loop around again on the next Ask Scanner School. So again, Fred, thank you so much for submitting your question to Scanner School. All right, I want to thank everybody for all of their questions they've submitted. And again, we've had plenty more in our inbox that we still have to answer. So we have a couple more of these sessions all lined up and ready to go into queue. But again, if you want to jump the line, if you have a couple of questions that uh, you'd like to have answered, especially know now that the holidays are rolling through us. And again, for everybody who celebrates, I want to say have a happy Hanukkah tonight. As I'm recording, this is December 2nd, the very first night of Hanukkah. So for everybody who is celebrating, let me just say, have a very, very happy Hanukkah. Um, again, we've got Christmas coming up in just over 20 days. So there's a lot of gift giving going on in the last next in the next couple of weeks. So um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of questions with new scanners coming out again too. So again, jump on scannerschool.com slash ask, submit your questions, and I will get them answered on the next Ask Scanner School podcast, which will probably be released the first week of the new year. So with that, again, if um, you have any questions at this point, I think you know how to reach out and, and find us. And if you could do me a favor, if you find us very useful, and, and again, you can join our Facebook group. That's a great way to let me know. But uh, also, we're also looking for um, reviews on iTunes. If you enjoy the podcast, if this is something that uh, you know you like, let me know. Leave me a review, an honest review on iTunes. We have a way of 
combing through all of the reviews, no matter what nationality platform on iTunes that you use, we are notified of all of the feedback. So, um, Again, if you go to iTunes.com or actually go to ScannerSchool.com slash iTunes, you can leave us a review and uh, we will certainly appreciate it. So with that, I want to say thank you all for submitting your questions. Keep them all coming. We'll continue to do this and uh, we will see you all next week. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. This is Scanner School, a podcast where we teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. 73, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Scanner School podcast. Be sure to visit www.scannerschool.com to access the show notes and bonus content.